So, hey guys, welcome. Um, this will be a little recap because we need to capture this because it wasn't being captured on YouTube. So anyway, uh, uh, first of all, this, this shirt is from Helen Schmidt from Rockaway Beach, New York. And I just wanted to share, um, she sent me a letter too. And, and uh, this tea is from New York surf community in Rockaway Beach, Queens, New York. I love New York. You can surf in the morning and watch a Yankees game in the afternoon. That sounds like my kind of place. It hits all of the, the bells and whistles. In fact, Barb and I have actually talked about that's one place we could live is Long Island because it's got Yankees, it's got the city, it's got the ocean, it's got everything. So, so grateful to you guys at Freedom Ministries. It's truly freeing. Can I express how wonderful it is to hear the good news? My heart's always known that God is pure and total love. He, lo he who lives in us and is one with us. And oh, by the way, I've developed a deep compassion for that little naked mole rat. I have to say that weird little guy has brought a lot of joy. Ha, ha, ha. So anyway, uh, so I just wanted to thank you for that, Helen. And really, let's just, let's talk about what's going on here, guys. Is, um, uh, you know, what I'm really trying to, I'm so thankful that we've been sharing and what we've been sharing is how simple prayer actually is, is what you do within your, your thoughts and your speech within or literal prayer. And if you've done it, it's done, just like you'll hear in this testimony. And so I just shared a testimony of Gene O'Fallon where they came last fall, and Gene and Jennifer from South Carolina. And we'll get this video posted if you didn't get to see it. But anyway, I didn't know that he had prosthetics, that he had gone completely deaf. And, and he had come, you'll see in the video, and just said, hey, if you need prayer, come on up. And so he wanted to express all the different things. Hey, you know, I got prosthetics. I didn't know any of that. I said, you know what? I don't need to know any of that because we don't need to focus on what we don't want we can just focus on what we do want. And, and just told him, I said, what do you want? And he says, I want complete hearing. And, and so literally we didn't, we didn't have a prayer chain. We didn't go into spiritual warfare. Wasn't rebuking deafness. Wasn't doing any of that guys. This is how simple it is. As I simply pictured him having his, his, uh, his hearing back and uh, pictured him sharing a testimony with me going, Hey, you won't believe this. And that's exactly what we just shared. And so if you'll see that. Uh, so for everybody last August, uh, Jennifer and I traveled to Denver for a family reunion and we wanted to meet uh, Mike and Barb and come to one of the services. And we've been watching online for a while and, you know, letting go of religion and just resting and meditating on who we are as sons and daughters uh, just as uh, Mike had taught us. At the end of the service, when Mike asked if anyone needs prayer, I was the first one out of my seat. So Mike asked me what we needed to pray about, and I said I'd slowly been losing my hearing over a long period of time to the point that I needed hearing aids. And honestly, I didn't want to wear old man hearing aids. I may look like an old man, and I may wear glasses like an old man, but I didn't want to wear old man hearing aids. So... I started to go into all the details of uh, my hearing loss and Mike politely cut me off and said, just tell me what you want it to look like. So I said, uh, I just want to have normal hearing. And let the truth be told, I was thinking, uh, dude, you're an engineer and so am I. So how is it you're going to fix this if you don't know all the details? <laughs> well, at the time, what I didn't get is that all I needed to do was imagine my hearing as healthy and normal 
and believe I've received it as opposed to begging God to heal me. As a longtime mechanical engineer and a naval officer, it was hard for me to let go of physical reality and believe that what I imagined could be more real than my eyes and years of training and experience had taught me. That was August, and I continued to meditate on my hearing, but not seeing any results. I just moved on to other things. Okay, so now roll the clock forward to January and February of this year. And around the house, I started remarking uh, to my wife that uh, I can actually hear better. And could you lower your voice a little? And more than once. So... Now, in March of this year, it was time for me to check off active duty at Fort Jackson and have a closing uh, audiogram. I've probably had a hundred of these tests and hated every one of them. Uh, you know, when you're sitting in the booth and you got the little headphones on, did I hear that faint tone or did I just imagine it? If you throw in uh, ringing in your ears or tinnitus, it's really a pain. And uh, so the night before my hearing test, and I'm in Columbia, and Jennifer's in Charleston, we're FaceTiming, and Jennifer asked me if I'm getting tired of waiting on something big to happen from our meditation, to which I responded, I'm not waiting on anything because it's already happened. So the following morning, as I walked into the hearing clinic, it kind of came on me like a wave. You can hear better, and the test is going to show it. So I sat down in the booth, really believing just that. This is despite the fact that in my current assignment, we provide basic combat training, and I'm around a lot of gunfire uh, from handguns all the way up to 50 cal machine guns. And if you've ever been around one of those, you can trust me, they're crazy loud. Okay, so it's hard to follow numbers So when you just talk about them. So what I did is I made a couple of graphs uh, to uh, show you my audiograms. So let me flip it around here, my camera. Okay, so this is a audiogram chart, and along the top is frequency, so from low frequency at 250 to very high frequency at 8,000 hertz. And then along the left-hand side is uh, decibels, uh, which is basically uh, loudness from uh, soft at the top to loud at the bottom. So the areas that are colored, the top area that's the green colored is, if you're in that range, that's considered normal hearing. And you have, you can hear things like leaves rustling and birds. And then uh, if you have um, mild hearing loss, that's the light blue area. And moderate hearing loss uh, is the uh, kind of tan area. And then it gets worse from there from severe to profound in those colors. So you want to be in the green area across the, the frequency range. And then normal conversation uh, occurs in the uh, dotted line area there, kind of in the middle. So uh, the way sound is measured with decibels is on a logarithmic scale, which in layman's language is an increase of 10 decibels is perceived to be approximately twice as loud and a 20 decibel gain would seem to be about four times as loud. And a 40 decibel gain would seem to be about 16 times as loud. So it's, it's an exponential curve. 
So here is my uh, audiogram from November of 2018. And you can see that in 500 and 1,000 and 2,000 that my hearing is normal, but as soon as you get above 2,000 hertz, then my hearing falls off pretty dramatically to uh, 40 decibels. That's um, a, a four times increase in sound power for me to hear the same thing that a person with a good hearing that would be in the Greenwood. And that's pretty much across the frequency range from 3,000 to 6,000 hertz. So that's November of 2018. Now here's the test that I just had um, earlier this month. So this is March 2020, and what you can see there is a across-the-board dramatic increase in hearing. So look at the uh, look to the right-hand side there. You can see uh, a 20, 15 to 20 decibel uh, improvement in how much sound it takes for me to hear the same frequency, and so now. I can hear the same thing and it only takes me one-fourth of what it did before uh, sound power-wise to hear it. So that, that's really incredible. And, you know, as awesome as that is, here's the really amazing thing. So I had actually gone deaf in both ears about 20 years ago and had surgery to correct it. Um, oh, yeah, let me show you my, my left ear first, forgot that. So on the left-hand side, the dark blue is before in November and the light blue is in March. Now, this isn't quite as good as improvement on the right side, but it's I can tell just that I'm better able to hear across the board. Again, that's across the board uh, improvement, so I'm very happy with that. Okay, so let me show you this next picture here. So, had surgery about 20 years ago to correct it, and it's a, it's called a stapedectomy. So what they do is is that you know in a normal ear on the left you've got a little a horseshoe shaped bone, a little stirrup bone, and um, so that attaches to your uh, uh, inner ear, and uh, that little bone mechanism vibrates when you hear something coming through your eardrum and. And uh, so what I had is, is I had this uh, spongy, bony growth that they kind of showed there, but it had grown completely around the stirrup bone and immobilized my hearing. So uh, what the surgery does is, is they use a laser to uh, 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 raise up your eardrum and then they, you know, burn out the spongy, bony growth and they replace the little stirrup bone with the little uh, prosthesis, a little uh, stainless uh, pin in place of what uh, of what you naturally had. Um, so uh, I had gone from a deaf to uh, being able to uh, uh, hear again. And uh, but the problem is, as good as the correction was, that little pin can't vibrate quite as fast as uh, as what uh, what God gave you. So. To, to compound it on top of that. You know, I did all the stupid things that uh, I used to do, and uh, and I'll date myself here and tell you that uh, I've been uh, to more than one Kiss concert, among many others. Not to mention all the hot rods, motorcycles, and and uh, loud machinery that I've worked around. Now, with the surgery, I can hear pretty well again, and 
And I don't go to rock concerts, but I could no longer hear things like a gentle rain or a watch ticking. And I had trouble understanding some words. So Mike didn't know any of that. And, you know, I could tell when I, when I was in conversations with others that, um, you know, I would, be, I would irritate them because I'd ask them to repeat things, especially in, um, in noisy places. So if you go back and you look at the, the audiogram again, um, the frequency range where I've gotten my biggest improvement through here uh, on the right-hand side is where the prosthetic is limited. It can't vibrate as fast. That, that just amazes me. How does a prosthetic really get better? So on my way out of the hearing clinic, I talked to the assistant chief of audiology, and I asked her if she could explain the improvement, and she chalked it up to variation in the accuracy of the equipment and a whole bunch of other stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I said, really? An across-the-board hearing improvement of that magnitude, and I have a prosthetic? She didn't have an answer. So I thought to myself, I don't have to wear hearing aids. And I can tell my hearing is still getting better. Last thing. The following morning, I was meditating. And the wall clock was ticking and basically messing with my focus. So I got up, jerked it off the wall, pulled the battery out, and threw it on the floor. And... Uh, sat back down and uh, started meditating again, and it dawned on me, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to be able to hear that clock ticking. Wow. Oh my gosh. So I've decided that what would really be cool, and I've started imagining this, is waking up one morning and discovering the little pins that are in my ears behind my eardrums, on my pillow. That would really be amazing. And, you know, if I'm a son, it's done. So I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, we love you guys. And uh, thanks for letting me share this uh, with uh, everyone. Bye. But uh, anyway, I didn't know he had prosthetics. And so you'll see, but that was it. And then he just went, he was out processing the military and they did their final exam exit exam for hearing and uh and here's what he said I'll, I'll summarize but it says it was as a as a longtime mechanical engineer so he's very good at newtonian physics right matter pushing matter that where all of us engineers are that way but some of us it's hard time if we've never been produced introduced to the kingdom of god that uh, the spiritual realm actually controls the physical you can supersede newtonian physics which is really an interesting thing and so there's no time or space in the spirit. So things can happen like that. Maybe you don't have to, uh, you know, wait for things nearly as long or anything like that. But he said, uh, uh, as a mechanical engineer, as a naval officer, it's hard for me to let go of the physical reality, what he's seen with his physical senses, his eyes, his ears, etc., and believe that all I need to do is imagine my hearing as healthy and normal and receive it as opposed to begging God to heal me. And so it was hard for me to let go of this and believe that what I imagined could be more real than what my eyes and years of training and experience had taught me. Yet that's exactly what happened when you see the testimony, guys. So 
he said what was amazing to him is the prosthetics. Prosthetics is only so good. It's a physical thing. So the physical only has what it is as physical, but the physical hearing went up four times, guys. So that's what he was saying is so my the prosthetic went up, my ability to hear went up four times. That just doesn't happen. It is what it is, normally. So that's cool. But let's talk about this. Um uh, let me get into this, some of the scriptures, et cetera, but I'm really excited about sharing a lot of this because this is exactly what people need to hear, see, um, and, uh, you know, with what's going on, I think more people are, are concerned about economics and if my job going to be there, is the economy going to be there and all these different things that, which is really kind of, um, matter pushing matters, Newtonian physics. And, and I'm just going to try share really how to live above all of that, that as a joint heir of Jesus Christ. And I think most people, uh, you know, my nephew and, and Solomon and Barbara here is, do you think Jesus was unprepared for this economy? It sounds goofy, right? Yet he's one with us. And so that's what we really have to get our arms around. There's no, there's no surprises in the kingdom. There's no, yeah, but yeah, but you wouldn't understand. And, and that, no, 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 that's, that's not what it is. Is he and I are one. We're in union and whatever he has, I have and whatever he has, you have. And when he, just as if Jesus came into your situation and prayed, and most of you would have total assurance that everything would be okay. He says, when you really get your oneness, when you really realize that I'm in you, you're in me and we're one. When you pray, it's as if I've prayed. And I think most people don't pray that way because unfortunately Christianity is such a, had done a great job of separating man from God. And, uh, and somehow believes God's at a distance and far away and somehow needs to be heard. And that's not, the, that's not the case at all. And so it literally is this, guys, thoughts become things. And what you picture, it's as simple as if I can just calm myself down, turn my physical senses off, my, what I physically see, what I physically hear, what I read in the news, what I don't read in the news would be even better. And, uh, uh, you know, well, you know, they say, they is just they. Who's they? They are, you know, they, I don't know. They has changed so much in my life, you know, when, uh, and I share this all the time in 1975, the cover of Time Magazine said the coming ice age. Now that that same they is saying we're going to burn up because I use plastic bags. I just, I don't trust the they, I trust the kingdom within guys, because I know that's how I can live above all of this stuff. And I'm not trying to be flipping or whatever. That's just, it's the consensus is, is rarely right. And even if they are right, you live above that. You can live so far above that. So this, this message is for you. If you're, if you're worried about you got laid off or your job's not this, I'm telling you, you can go within, picture your life, how you want it to be. And if you can just, oh, I can picture that and see that you can rest and let a love, a power greater than yourself, the kingdom of God, which is within you, the anointed one is within you, the anointing's within you. We don't have to know how it works, but if you can picture it, it's done. That that's That's what Gene was saying, I'm a son and it's done. Most people do not teach prayer that way. They don't understand prayer, but let's try to get a, get a hold of this a little bit. So let's go to Psalm 91, just a quick review again. All those Old Testament stories, etc. cetera, uh, let's not look at what it says literally. Let's look at the meaning behind it, because that's what Jesus says, the types and shadows of good things to come. And said, you know, in the past, the shadows, the prophets could see dimly and they were seeing pictures and uh but didn't get it all and then jesus came to reintroduce us to the father and what the redeemed sonship and daughtership really looks like and he goes you know what everybody that's come before me has missed it a little bit but let me tell you how the father is let me tell you how you are in my relationship with you and the father 
And so let's talk about Psalm 91. You know, uh, whether there's coronavirus, whether it's, oh my gosh, my, my job this, my job that. Guys, that we, there's people that are grabbing a hold of this and actually making more money without their job right now, <laughs> which, is, which is a fascinating thing. That's, that's living in the spirit, not by what our physical eyes see, but what our spiritual eyes see, the truth of who we are. So Psalm 91, you guys know it. It's basically the protection of God, the deliverance of God, that if you dwell within the, most, the, the secret place, well, let me just read it. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide or, or tabernacle or dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, you are my refuge, my fortress, my protection. Basically, nobody can touch me. No situation can touch me. Corona can't touch me. My God in whom I trust, surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly plague. He will cover you with his feathers. Under his wings you will find refuge. Though a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, no harm will come near you. Because he loves me, I will deliver him. Because he knows my name, I will protect him. When he calls out to me, I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. With long life will I show him my Yeshua, my salvation, my healing, my sozo, that you don't have to worry about anything. Now, really then, well, how do we dwell in the most high? And this is all a type and shadow. And I I've included a picture of the Ark of the, the Covenant there. And uh, you can see the winged, the winged creatures, those two cherubims on, on the top of the, the mercy seat. Paul tells us that, guess what? The tabernacle, the secret place, if you dwell there, because the, the Hebrews believed this is where God meets man between the cherubim, this, in that secret place, in the holiest of holies, where only the high priest could go. That's where God dwells. And where heaven meets earth is right there. The temple was heaven and earth. And so when they talk about a new temple and a new earth, guess what they're talking about? Not in a temple made with hands. It's you and I. We are the temple. It's all a type and shadow of you and I. And so you don't have to go look for the third temple, guys, the new heaven, the new earth, and the new creation. If any man be in Christ, this revelation that he's in Christ, all things have been made new. Well, that means the new heaven, the new earth, the new song, the new everything's already there, which is what Hebrews basically says. Now, Christians miss that, so they're still looking for it. But anyway, it's within you. So if you dwell and see what you desire your life to look like and keep your eyes off the physical and, and everything there, just trust that if I can picture myself healthy, that's going to come to pass because the Father sees what I do in the secret place and brings it to pass. If I can see myself abundant and, and, uh, and my, my accounts flowing in and out, just like the tide where money's coming in, money's coming out, there's always this abundance. If I can picture that in my mind, it'll come to pass. That's really a fascinating thing. I'll show you some scriptures here too. So if I can see relationships healed and whole where I don't have to uh, fight for it. I don't have to do anything. I just see how, oh, this is how I'd like my relationship to be. And I literally just see, um, it really doesn't matter whether it's a, a boss-employee relationship, husband-wife, whatever. How would you like it to be? And if you can just have a conversation in your mind with your spouse or with your boss and go, here's how I'd like him to treat me. Here's how I'd like to, to be treated, how I'd like to treat them, and rest. That picture will come to pass. Because the Father sees what you do within, and it brings it to pass in ways we don't know how. That's the secret of the kingdom of God. That's where the grace comes in and the trust comes in. This is responsive. Call on me, and I will answer. I will protect you. So it's, you guys, the social distancing, the mass, all that, that's external. The kingdom of God is not something observable. It's within. It's in the secret place of the Most High. What you do there is what's going to happen. My friend Bill and Ann just sent me an email right before I got on here from from Tennessee, and they said, uh, 
Worrying is actually prayer for what you don't want. Picturing things you don't want. What if this happens? What if that happens? That's actually prayer. And it's what you don't want. And that's why in the book of Job, it says, what I greatly feared has come upon me. So be careful what you dwell on. Be careful what you put your energy in because it actually comes back. That's the secret. So that secret place of the most high, it's as simple as this, guys. If you really knew that what you pictured in your mind will come to pass, there's rest. You mean that's, that's all I can do? That's where the secret of God is? That's how it is. So let's go to this, this next slide here. I just want to re, re -go, or, uh, review some of this because it's so simple, guys. I don't know what you've heard about prayer. I don't know what you about spiritual prayer, etc. But I want to show you how simple this really is. Let's just cover the Lord's Prayer again. It says, and when you pray, do not be like the heathens or the hypocrites, or, what it's, or, or the hypocrites, not the heathens, the hypocrites. The hypocrites were the Pharisees and the Sadducees that thought that, uh, that prayer was a bunch of religious words and it was everything external. They loved to pray standing in the synagogues and, this, and on the street corners to be seen by men. Truly, I tell you, they already have their full reward, which was just to be seen, just to look good, just to uh, feel holy. But when you pray, go into your inner room. There's that inner room again. Where is that inner room? Where is that secret place between the, the feathers of the Most High? It's within you. You're the tent. You're the tabernacle. And that those cherubim are literally the cerebrum. It's the same root. It's your brain. It's the, that inner place within of what you picture, what you imagine. <clears throat> it says, go into that secret place, meaning close off your physical senses and only see what you desire. Place your energy right now what you want. Shut your door, pray to your Father, who is unseen. Okay? That's this, this whole reference to the secret place, this tabernacle, and really how it's all a picture of you and I. And your Father, who's in there, in that secret place, that's what John 14 says, when you finally get this, when I send my, my Holy Spirit, and you're immersed in the Holy Spirit, when you're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, when you realize you're a son and a family member of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, that's what baptism in the Spirit is. I see a lot of people dunking people in water going, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to get and, uh, baptized in the Spirit. They're missing that completely. What must we do to be sozoed is what they asked Peter. <laughs> be baptized in the name. Baptized just means immersed in the name, the surname, the idea that you're in the name above all names, that you're a family member. When you really get that you're one with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's gonna healing's gonna take place, guys. There's no separation. He loves you perfectly. He sings over you like Zephaniah. He sees you as the spotless bride you've already been. And here's what's really wild. Everything you could ever ask before during the pandemic, we're out of the pandemic, before, after. Um, do I need health? Do I need provision? Do I need restoration in the relationships? The Father knows you need all of that, and he's already gone before you. There's no time. He's provided everything you're ever going to need at any time and at all places. In fact, all things are possible to anyone who is persuaded. Anything. You get to choose. That's what's so amazing about this. So he says, the Father who is unseen means it's spiritual. Your Father who sees what's done in that secret place. If you can say something in yourself like, no, you know what? I desire full hearing, even though I've got prosthetics like Gene. You know, I desire full hearing. Even though it's supposedly impossible, I desire full hearing. And that was it. We just pictured it and let it. Let it come to pass. And sure enough, that's what's happening. Isn't that cool? So the father, how is that easy? Once you really realize that all I need to do is picture it. So it's not a bunch of words like the hypocrites, what it says. It's not something external. It's simply within. 
It's the parable of parables. Let me tell you the secret of the kingdom of God. It's within you. And then he says, do, when you pray, do not babble like pagans. See a lot of people babbling. Um, for they think by their many words they will be heard. Do not be like them. Your father knows what you need before you even ask. So I would ask you this. You fathers, you mothers, your, you, you grandpas, you grandmas. If you had anything in your power and you know your kids, your grandkids were desperate, would you not take care of them? I mean, is that, that's a pretty simple question, isn't it? Wouldn't you take care of them? Of course you would. I'm asking my, my family here. He knows what you need before because he's outside of time, guys. So nothing surprises him. That this doesn't come as a surprise. Oh, you got laid off, but you desire to make twice as much while you're laid off? No problem. Just what does that look like? See your bank account having that. Can you picture it? Now rest. Let, it, let him bring it to pass in ways you don't need to know how. That's crazy, but it's, that's the kingdom. Remember, if, could Jesus do that? I think all of you guys are persuaded about that. Well, Jesus could do it, but I certainly can't. Yeah, you're one with him. You're in. What the Father sees you do. So if you can see and hear what you're doing in your mind and your heart, then guess what? The Father sees what you're doing because you're one. And so don't babble. You don't have to use a bunch of words. So then this is how you should pray. Lord, teach us how to pray. Our Father, which is in heaven, the spiritual places, the inside where heaven meets earth, guys. Hallowed be your name. Oh, man, you mean you're the name above names? I'm a family member? I'm not just, my kids aren't just Popovich. Their true origin, their true birth is the Father. I'm a, I'm a joint heir. I'm a son and daughter in the kingdom. You mean I, so what is, what is, what is Jesus own? The whole thing. And I'm a joint heir? Yes. So this is how you should pray. Our Father, which is in the spirit, this, this secret place, hallowed, holy smokes, what an awesome deal that we're after your name. Your kingdom comes, and that's Basilius again. Your rule comes. Your will will be done on earth. What we see physically is controlled by what you do in the spirit. So what you want your life to look like, you know, I want hearing, even though they, the, the audiologists say it's impossible. I've got prosthetics. No problem. I just see him seeing, seeing himself whole. And when I really understand that before I've even asked, he's answered. And whatever I ask for, I have it. So that joy may be full. Now you've entered into the kingdom. It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the earthly rule is what it says. So let's just, let's just go a couple more. Um, and you've all heard this, but I think a lot of you guys don't. You haven't, you've probably taken it and not really dived into what it looks like. What does it say versus what does it, it mean? You know, that's where. So here's uh, Jesus, you know, Luke 12, 24. This is just timely for what's going on. It says, consider the ravens or the birds. You know, we've got bird feeders out here. We actually feed them. So God uses us to feed them, but they're not worried about, they, they have no idea that, uh, that there's a, a coronavirus thing. There's no idea that there's a quarantine. They have no idea about social distancing. Like 10 of them get on the, the bird feeder at once, pecking at each other. And uh, they just know they're going to be fed. So he says, consider the birds or the ravens. They don't sow nor reap. They don't have storehouses. Their bank account doesn't say anything is really what he's saying. Nor barn, yet God feeds them. He's going, hey, consider this. How much more valuable are you than those birds on your bird feeder? If they can do that, how much more can we do that? So what he's trying to do is get you a, a I want you to see something inside. I want you to see a spiritual truth. And which of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his lifespan? If then you cannot do even a very little thing, why do you worry about other matters? Consider the lilies. Now I'll give you another metaphor or analogy. Consider the lilies of the field, is what King James says, how they grow. They don't toil nor spin. 
But I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. What he's trying to say, because they were like, wow, Solomon in their, in their narratives was the richest king in the world. And he says, but Solomon laid up stuff in his barns and different things like that. He says, listen, these lilies don't do that. And yet God clothes them even in greater splendor than Solomon. I want you to consider this is what he says. Therefore, and now he comes to the conclusion, if God so clothes the grass in the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, how much more will he clothe you? You think Solomon's splendor was good? If you really get a hold of this, you can have any splendor you want, is what he's saying. You men of little faith, and do not seek what you will eat, what you will drink. Do not keep worrying. Even though I, I did find the stash at Walmart today and bought a whole thing of toilet paper. <laughs> so, but even if I didn't, I would find, in fact, I found their stash. I was like, you mean you stash it back here? So he's like, yeah. So well, give me some. So anyway, you know what? He just led me there. I didn't know anything. The shelves are bare. So for all these things, the nations, it says the heathen or the Gentiles in different translations, basically the non-Israelites, because they thought they were the, the, the chosen of God. For all these things, the nations of the world eagerly seek. But here's the transition. Your father knows you need these things. He's your father. That means you're a son and you're already a joint heir. You actually own all of this. But seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Now let's talk about that here in a minute. What is his kingdom? He tells us. Do not be afraid, little flock. Don't worry about Corona. Don't worry about your job. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. Your father has chosen gladly to give you the kingdom. And then he says, sell your possessions. Give to charity. You need to make, your, your wealth is not in your bank accounts or whether you have a job or don't have a job, guys. That's what he's trying to say. And he's pretty strong here. Sell your possessions and give to charity. Make yourselves money belts, which do not wear out. They had money belts where they would you know, hide their money and et cetera and, and hold it because they might need it for a rainy day. An, un, an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes nor more. Now, where's heaven? Heaven's what you'd see and believe about yourself in the spirit. When you realize you're a joint heir and you can receive whatever you want, anytime you want, at a greater level than Solomon, now you're not trying to hoard. You sell your possessions. You give to charity. Everything he's saying here. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Meaning that if you think your treasure is in those things, that's what your heart believes. But if you really realize you're a joint heir and he's given you the keys to the kingdom and whatever you picture, you can receive at any time. That's where your heart is. That's what you believe about yourself. You guys getting this? So anyway, hopefully you are. I don't have any visual reference of my family. They're not yes. looking at me. Oh, my wife said yes. Okay. So anyway, so let me, let me just share this. So you don't have to worry about a pandemic or the economy or anything, guys. You're so loved by the Father is what he says. He has already provided everything you'll ever need. And then he says, don't worry, little flock. It's the Father's great pleasure to give you the kingdom. He says, seek ye first the kingdom and everything will be added. What is the kingdom? He goes, the secret of the kingdom is... Anything that you see and, and tell yourself within, the Father sees you do that, and you have what you've asked for, so your joy may be full. That's the secret of the kingdom. So because once you get that, you mean, even though I got laid off, I can still receive financially? Yeah, what, what do you want? Just see it. See it going into your account. You don't have to figure out how. If you can picture it in your account, you can go to sleep. First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn, but that's the secret. It'll come to pass. And you don't have to know how. Isn't that amazing? He goes, then it's, it'll just be added to you, just like he's saying there. So here's what he says. Before you even ask, he's answered. We know he hears us, and we already possess what we ask for. Ask, you shall receive, so your joy may be full. 
So this is just what I was trying to share. Most, most of the things I'm seeing right now, you know, they're, they're doing it with the right heart, et cetera. Is they're praying hard? Is they're doing all these things there? I see all these different things where we're battling the spirit of this, whatever, too late. Um, <laughs> there's nothing to do but see within because you're a joiner of Jesus Christ. Prayer is not trying to get God to heal you, prosper you, or be pleased with you. He's, here's what he says. And this is because we have God outside at a distance somewhere thinking that if we pray the right way, we'll move him. And he goes, I've already given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. I've given you the secret of the kingdom. You're a son. You operate like Jesus does. And so if everything's already available, if every because he's outside of time, he, he knows what you're going to need even through all of this. I just He's already done all this, and he's gone over the top with splendor greater than Solomon's, what he's saying there. So how do you do it? The secret of the kingdom is what the Father sees you do within comes to pass. Let me just share one other thing here, maybe. Um, anyway, I'll just read this to you since I, I can't uh, get it to. So it's 1 John 5, 14 and 15 again. And, that's, and uh, what it says this is, is I think most people don't pray like this. Um, in essence, it says, this is the assurance or the confidence we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. So really what he's saying is, his will is we know that he hears us. And then verse 15 makes a whole lot of sense. And it says, if we know he hears us and whatever we ask, we know that we already possess what we have asked of him. Now think about the tenses here, guys. So if we know, and that we know is perfect tense, it means a perfect condition. So we know that he hears us, perfect tense. It's, a, it's an absolute thing. We know he hears us in whatever we ask. That's what it says, it's perfect tense. And we also know, perfect tense, that we already possess what we've asked for. Hallelujah, man. So here's what he's saying. If you ask for anything, Father, I thank you that this is, this is, what, uh, uh, this is what my finances are going to look like even if I get laid off. You already have what you've asked for. You possess it. Because the Father knows what you need before you even ask. Now see it as if it's already done. You just calm yourself down. You, you take your eyes off all the physical. <sighs> and you just picture what it would look like. There's no babbling. There's no begging. The Father sees what you do in the secret place. Oh, that's what you want? I knew that's what you wanted. Before you've even asked, I've answered you, and I've given it to you. You already possess it because you're a joint heir, and you own everything in the Father's house. Now just rest. Let it come to be. Trust in a greater love, a greater power, that secret of the king to let it bring it to pass. You don't need to worry about it. You need to stress about it. You need to pray about it again. You don't need to do a prayer team. You don't need to do this. You don't need to storm the gates. You don't need to bind this demon. You don't need to do anything. There's such a rest to it, and it'll come to pass just as you needed it. Amen? Does that help you guys? So I hope that helps. Sorry about the, the, some of the tech difficulties here, guys, but uh, I think Jeff will, will probably do his wizardry as best as he can, and, and then we'll get it posted uh, at that time. So all I would just share is, is, again, is, hey, you don't need to worry about this stuff, guys. When you really realize how simple prayer is, see it. If you, can you picture it? Can you picture the life you desire? Ah, now rest and let it come to pass because the Father sees what you did there. When you really realize it's that simple and just rest before you've even asked, he's answered because of his immense love for you. You have it. You already possess what you've asked for. Now that's pretty simple, isn't it? And then just enjoy life. So Father, we just thank you. We praise you. We just thank you for how simple you've made your kingdom, how simple you've made it for the ones you love. You love us as your kids. You love us as your bride. 
and we're joint heirs. Just ask that people really understand the secret of the kingdom, how simple it truly is that what they see within is going to come to pass. There's no struggle. There's no strain. Uh, and just trust. That's what it is. Once you get your oneness, when you praise as if Jesus prayed, because they're one. In that day, they're going to realize, I'm in the Father, you're in me, and we're one. What the Father sees you do in your inner room, that secret place, he brings to pass openly. The spiritual controls the physical, guys. So you can take your eyes off all the stuff. We don't have to worry about our health. We don't have to worry about the finances. We don't have to worry about any of that. And just freely receive in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. So hopefully it helps, guys. God bless. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Probably tomorrow, so tomorrow night. Uh, Sunday night, 630 Mountain, right back here. We'll, we'll try to figure out to uh, make sure everything's working right.